0: Mother Mother, how's the
1: family? I'm just calling to say hello. How's the weather? How's my father?
0: Am I lonely? Heavens know.
1: Hello and welcome to Mother Mother, a new podcast from the Mom Friends You Need right now. Because this shit is hard. I'm your host, Emily Ferris a writer and married mom of two in Kansas City, Missouri, not Kansas. While Mother Mother is technically a parenting podcast, this isn't a podcast about kids. It's a podcast all about the experience of being a mother. It's also an excuse for me to talk with a different mom friend each week, and hopefully an excuse for you to socially distance from your family for 30 minutes to an hour and hang out with us too. If you want to hang out online, you can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash mother mother podcast and find more information online at mother where you can also leave me a voicemail. Now, before we get to my guest this week, I have some updates about my social life for you and it's only week two. Okay, so the first I hosted a play date. Listen, I am as shocked as you are. But I'd been messaging with my son's classmate's mom about a playdate for a while, thinking and kind of hoping it wouldn't actually happen. But I want my kindergartner to have friends, especially after he was locked up at home with us for 453 days straight. So I figured I owed it to both of us to try. Um, and at the last minute, the other mom decided to send her husband. And of course, I have to wonder if she heard me say, I fucking hate playdates on episode one. But she's a busy doctor, so that's probably actually the real reason that she sent her husband. Um, And my husband was working too. So it was just the dad and me and the boys. My toddler napped the whole time. And it was great. I mean, maybe it was that I didn't feel any sort of pressure to be friends because it was a guy. And I also told him when he showed up that I was socially awkward and playdates made me anxious. So that probably helped a lot. Also, he complimented my rugs. I love my rugs. Uh, I did offer him a drink for a 1230 play date, which the members of the Mother Mother podcast Facebook group assured me was totally okay. We ended up just drinking coffee and the Croy, but I feel like this is a really big step for me, um, having and hosting a play date and like socializing with another parent. So a second update is that we got new neighbors. If you listen to the bonus content for episode one that I launched with episode one, uh, I talk about how we haven't really socialized much with our neighbors, but also nobody else on our block had kids anywhere near my kids' ages, but we randomly or coincidentally had two new families move into the duplex next door. It's the only two-family home on our block, and it's right next door, and I heard kids playing outside this weekend, and I like grabbed my toddler. I wasn't wearing a bra or makeup, ran out to introduce myself. And um, both families have kids around my son Teddy's age. And I've already introduced myself to both moms and invited them over for outdoor drinks. Um, And some of the kids have even already come over to play in our yard. So stay tuned for more on that. Those are the exciting updates to my social life. And uh, now it's time to get down with some horizontal parenting.
0: Mother, mother. Sure, I'm
1: sober. Sure, I'm sane. My guest today is Michelle Wu, the author of Horizontal Parenting How to Entertain Your Kids While Lying Down, which is very exciting. And Michelle, I want to talk to you about your book a lot. But first, I don't know if you remember this. You edited. One of my favorite parenting pieces I've ever written. And that's actually how we know each other. Do you remember this? I won't be offended if you oh my don't.
0: Gosh.
1: We're at Life Hacker. That's how we know. It. I, I know so many moms. That's why this podcast is so exciting for me because I know so many moms from the internet, so many yeah. cool moms. And I'm so excited to have you all on as guests. Um, but we met because I had pitched a story to you about my love for the windy.
0: <gasps> yes. That which I, I call remember. a butt trumpet.
1: <laughs> That. So the headline is, Why This Plastic Butt Straw Is the Greatest Baby Gadget of All Time. And it's on Lifehacker from 2017. I loved writing that piece. I will link it in the show notes. Uh, but I just had to remind you of that. That's how oh
0: that's how we know gosh. each other.
1: Thank Isn't you that, right? for reminding me. That was a classic. Thank um, you for letting me write that story. It was the so The Windy
0: fun. is created by the same brand that makes the nose sucker too, right? The- yes.
1: The Frida Baby.
0: Frida Baby, yes. Mm-hmm. Which... Frida,
1: yeah, Frida Baby is the brand, and the, the snot sucker is called the Nose Frida.
0: Nose Frida, yeah. Yes.
1: That... Which I've used on myself. Have you? I have, which is ins- – it's, it's inspiring an episode. Uh, <laughs> that'll, it'll come later in this first season. Okay, but enough about me and my <laughs> gross bodily functions that I share with my babies. Um, welcome to the Mother Mother podcast.
0: So excited to have
1: you. Uh, We're here to talk about your book, Horizontal Parenting How to Entertain Your Kid While Lying Down, uh, which is out today. We're recording this a few days early, but when this airs, the day this airs is the publication date for your book. So, congratulations. Thank you so much. Um, And you can find the book linked in the show notes and also on the shop page at mothermotherpodcast.com. And this is perfect for conversation today because I am exhausted. Um, I was up late. I always just want to be like horizontal on the couch when I'm playing with my kids. And so this this book is so perfect. So 50 games are activities to play with your kids. And you literally are lying down. You're yes. on your back or your stomach. Yes. For every game. Yeah. So tell me, wh- what inspired this book, other than being a mom who's really fucking tired?
0: Yeah, so when my daughter, who is eight now, was a toddler, she just was a regular toddler who liked to stand up and get down and stand up and get down all the time. And I just never real really realized how much of parenting would involved getting up, getting back down, getting up, getting back down. And I just remember her buzzing around the house. Like, Oh, let's mommy come follow me. Like, come look at the fish tank. Come, let's go play ball. Let's go do blocks. Um, and I think in my head, I just remember. I think as a parent, you, in your mind, come up with all these kind of magical inventions that you think no parent has ever created in ever. But then you Google it, and like ten other parents have um, already made this and Shark Tanked it and everything. But I, I remember wanting like a human-sized skateboard, um, just so I could lay there and roll myself around the house. Um, That's brilliant. Does that exist? You know, I don't know if that particular one exists, so
1: trademark. That's the the next, yeah, 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 trademark. Before we are the podcast, trademark it. Right, right, right. Um,
0: I remember thinking that often and just trying to think of like all the ways that I could get myself to you know stay in the same position Um, I would give my daughter stickers that she could like decorate me with I'd give her like little washable markers that she could draw on me with Um, I'd have her give me massages with the lotion Um, you know the whole guess the letter on my back sort of games and I ended up writing a story on Hacker called How to Entertain Your Kid While Lying Down, featuring several of these ideas that I either thought of myself or that I crowdsourced among my friends and my um, friends on social media. Uh, and yeah, so many parents were like, oh my gosh, like, yes, I play Ninja Walk, which is a game where I lay face down on the floor and my child has to uh, walk as quietly as possible past me. And if I hear them, I call ninja and they have to go back to the starting line. All sorts of an amazing uh, inventive games uh, were shared and I c- compiled them into a story um, and eventually several years later an editor um, with I think she had a book editor she had the flu and she also has a toddler and so she was googling how to entertain your kid while lying down and came across my article and amazingly she found my contact information and was like hey I think this is a great idea for a book would you be up for writing a book about this and I said, of course, this is like uh, super amazing, and the rest is history.
1: That's the dream in the publishing world, right? To yeah. just have an editor come to you and say, You did something brilliant. I want to pay you to make a book out oh my of
0: it. Gosh, yeah, yeah.
1: So, this was in the works before COVID.
0: It was in the works before COVID. And, um, I did write a lot of it during COVID. A lot of the process took place during the pandemic, and it just felt like such the right time for this book because I mean we were all living it, and we're just all, you know also exhausted. So I feel like um, yeah, the timing couldn't have been better for the book. I mean.
1: I mean, I could have used it like six months yeah, ago, but yeah, I'm yeah, very yeah. happy to get it now. Um, so I do want to talk about some of the specific games soon, um, because there are some that are brilliant and I love. Uh, but before we do that, how old are your kids now?
0: Yeah, so Maggie is eight, and my son Max is two. He's going to be three on Halloween.
1: So you're fresh off some of these games now, because I have an almost two-year-old so that's that's the age right there it's
0: the age but it kind of depends on like max he requires very specific games because he's just so all over the place and it's hard for him to concentrate on some of these more like thinky games but he could definitely participate in like some of the games like Tattoo Parlor and um, lotion painting.
1: With your kids in these ages, how, how, I mean, I know everybody's, the answer is probably like shitty, but how was your lockdown?
0: You know, so we were lucky when it came to childcare. Um, I decided a few months before the pandemic began to um, have an au pair come live with us. And so she came from Brazil. Um, I was just, my my son was in daycare and he was getting sick all the time. Um, And so I was just like, I can't, like we were out of work like every other week.
1: The au pair is like, talk about perfect timing on that.
0: It was perfect timing. She came in December 2019. Ugh. And then, um, basically what the moment she got here, you know, a couple of months later, we not only had to learn how to live together, but we had to learn how to quarantine together. Oh my god! And it was, it was definitely rough, definitely on her. I mean, she's, she's here for an American experience and doing all the things that, you know, 22 year olds want to do. Um, here in the states but it was hard but it was also just um really great because it still it allowed me to you know maintain my job
1: and maybe even like a sliver of your sanity
0: right right (laughs) which most of us Uh, i think
1: slipped away from most of us
0: yeah so we were very fortunate um with that situation uh but you know of course of course, there's it still, it's still a pandemic is still doom scrolling day and night is it just um, it's hard It's definitely hard on Maggie, who's the older one who had to stay home. And I think the hardest part was like a lot, a lot of, you know, na- neighborhood kids, they just have different risk levels, their parents and just like kind of hear, you know, being able to hear all these kids out playing with each other. And, you know, Not being able to do that, it was a lot of like, okay, here, just put on these headphones, watch your iPad, don't don't listen to it, it's okay, like, and it was a lot of that, and so that was one of the hardest parts I remember from
1: the earliest days. And you live on the West Coast, right? Yes. Yeah, so I live in the Midwest, and my son was four uh, when Uh we went into lockdown. He just turned four. And he had a new baby brother three weeks before lockdown. So he was stuck at home with us and pulled out of his daycare. And that was really hard because we have a lot of, even his cousin, like his cousin wasn't in as much of lockdown and all the, you know, yeah. in the Midwest, it's really, it was really like 50-50 on, on how strict people were being. And, right. and there were, yeah, there were kids playing in the street, there were kids playing together. And it's so hard to explain to your kid, like, well, Uh, we are safer than other parents. I have more anxiety than other parents. You have Uh a newborn baby brother. I, you know, there's, it's really hard to explain it to kids and they don't get it, but I know my son was a, was a trooper and I feel like kids are much more adaptable than we give them credit for.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. I feel like they, a lot of them did much better. I feel like my son held it together much better than I did <laughs> throughout oh,
0: throughout quarantine. It's true. It's true. They do they do, they do that with with most of life, I feel like. They really do. It's yeah.
1: as we get older and set in our ways, that it's harder to adapt and adjust to things mm-hmm. like this. Um so I want to talk about some of these games because they are brilliant and so fun, and going through these 50 activities, I realized that you must love massages as much as I do because there are three different games. Where you get massaged by your child. Uh, My favorite is probably Railroad to Relaxation. Yes. So tell us about that game.
0: Yes. So Railroad to Relaxation is when you as a parent lie down on your stomach, so face down, and you have your kids pretend you're back. Pretend that your back is a railroad. Um, They could use their toy cars and just roll them up and down your back, um, up your legs. You could say your legs are roads. You could say like the bumpy parts are the little hills. Um, I know parents who have created uh, actual railroad tracks on their old T-shirts. So they just got a Sharpie and um, drew tracks with the they, they went all out just to maximize their time on the floor which is brilliant um so oh.
1: really really enjoy that one so speaking of drawing on yourself or being drawn on tattoo parlor as a as a very heavily tatted mom i love this one. <laughs> tattoo parlor yeah you
0: could um have your child give them a washable marker um Tell them that that uh you would request you know certain certain drawings say like I request say I don't know fruit baskets and have them draw all over your arms legs wherever you could uh, add in some some removable tattoos as well uh, to get on on the fun and yeah it's the whole the whole tattoo experience.
1: I love it. It's so fun. So I have a kind of embarrassing, it's embarrassing for me. Um, A lot of these games require lying down on your floor. Yes. You must not have dogs. Like my floor is filthy.
0: I don't have dogs. I mean, you could always take a beach, beach towel maybe and roll it out or a yoga mat and have that be your, yeah, have that be your little spot work it
1: into the game. Every time I get on the floor with my kids, I'm like, wait, let me vacuum first. Let me vacuum. It's Ugh. dog hair city. And I, I, I laughed. One of the early games. So this is one, is this the first game? How tall am I on page 11? Yes. Uh-huh. Grown uh-huh. ups are tall, but how tall? Have your kid estimate your height in whatever household objects you have on hand. Cereal boxes, cans of soup, sneakers, sheets of toilet paper, docile pets. Then tell them to line up the items next to your body and count them. Were they close? No. Try again with something even smaller this time, and the bonus points. This is where I left. It says use tiny crackers and a clean floor, and this <laughs> one doubles the snack time. Yeah, I would have to work pretty hard to get my floor clean. Uh, I have two dogs, and they're messy, rowdy rescue mutts. And I used to run a, a robovac every day. And when I was trying to explain what lockdown was like, um, I, I dreamed of having an au pair. I was like that I just so badly wanted a pair. pair, uh, just someone to like hold the baby and play with my kids while I cleaned something. So I was trying to explain to people what lockdown was like. And I said, you know, I used to run my RoboVac, my RoboVac every day. Um, and we were, I don't know, seven months into lockdown. And I had run my RoboVac twice. Because in order to run the RoboVac, first, you have to pick up everything off the floor. Mm, and oh with a four-year-old turned five-year-old Mid-pandemic, home all the time, and a and a baby turned toddler. It was just like impossible to get everything off the yeah. floor all the time.
0: So It's so funny. I was just talking to my husband this morning about getting a Roomba or Robo RoboVac, and yeah, he was like, "Well, how will that work? I feel like our kitchen. There's always something sticky like on the ground. Like, does it does that mess up the?" The machine. I'm nope. like, I don't know. I feel like it does not. I can guarantee parents have something sticky on the floor at all times. Like, I don't think we're the only ones. I don't think this is like a problem. And he's like, No, like I just think, you know, other families they're more than us. Like we, we don't say better. We say they're they're more oh, I like that. Um, <laughs> other
1: houses but, are more clean than mine no, they right, can, right. can, can go right over the sticky stuff it's like if there's paper on the floor or uh-huh. um like a sock a sock really throws off especially like a kid's sock really throws off a Robovac. so you just have to uh-huh. pick up items off the floor okay yeah sticky stuff totally fine okay good to
0: know i will relay that coins buttons teeth whatever oh. Those are all
1: fun. <laughs> At least mine. Mine can handle that. So, what is your favorite game in the book? Um, hide and seekish.
0: Uh, so, it's just like hide and seek. You close your eyes as the as the seeker, and you count to twenty. But after you finish counting, instead of getting up and searching around the house for your child, you just shout your guesses from wherever spot you're sitting or laying down in. That is um, So you shout like, are you under the cupboard? In the, uh, are you in the uh, baby's bedroom behind the crib? And if your house is big or you don't want to yell, you could use a baby monitor as the intercom or you could use Alexa. Um, yeah, there are different ways you could you could play this game
1: um, using what you have. I love it. It's so brilliant. If I had to pick a favorite, well, other than the massage games, because obviously like anything where I can get a massage is my favorite. I like the Doogie Hauser game.
0: Ooh, yeah, so I like that
1: one. Yeah, your kid just graduated from a questionable medical school. And guess what? You're their first test patient. Create a life size version of the game operation by placing various small items all over your body. Using a pair of kitchen tongs, your kid must surgically remove the items and place them into a tray, no hands allowed. If the tongs touch your body or if any of the items fall to the ground, make a loud buzzing sound, start convulsing wildly, <laughs> and reset the game. Like, that is brilliant. And the bonus <laughs> points after a successful surgery, let your kid bandage you up with stickers. I, I love this. These are all, it's so fun. It's like, it's very easy to flip through this book. It's, it's 50 activities. They're, they're fun little reads. They're just, they're very relatable the way they're written, which I love. Um, I love the bonus points. I think kids will. I think this should be like the new go-to baby shower gift for expecting Aww. parents. It really Thank should you. be. Or if you don't make it for the baby shower, you know, like kids don't, one-year-olds don't know they're getting presents or not. They don't even know how to eat a cake. So like when a baby, it's perfect also when a baby turns one, just give it to the parents on the babies because kids are going to have too much shit anyway. So it's perfect, perfect for a first birthday. Okay. We're going to take a quick break, but before we go, I'm going to spring a surprise question on you, um, which uh, in these early episodes will be a surprise to my guests, but eventually people are going to catch on. Um, and this is really just to make the people listening at home and I guess myself feel more um, like we're all in this together. What are you wearing right now? Oh, gosh, this is embarrassing. I'm wearing like a
0: nice sweater. So like business on top. And I'm totally wearing
1: like loungy sweatpants on the bottom. I am also wearing sweatpants. It's laundry day. All right, we're going to take a quick break, uh, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the expectation to play with your kids. I'm hungry, I'm dirty, I'm losing
0: my body, everything's
1: All right, we are back with Michelle Wu, author of Horizontal Parenting, and it is out today, uh, linked in the shop at mothermotherpodcast.com, also linked in the show notes of this episode. Michelle, very important question. Do you actually enjoy playing with your kids and like you're just exhausted and this is a way that you get to play and still kind of rest or like you don't really like playing with your kids and this is a brilliant way to get around it or get through it?
0: I feel like now life is really busy with two kids and I mean, I'm really busy with work and just like house stuff and surviving that um playing with my kids feels like uh, I, I enjoy I do like it I, I enjoy it and I feel like I need to be intentional about it because my my son is always asking like mommy can you play with me mommy can you play with me and I heard some really great advice um while working at life hacker it was uh Carla, uh, Namberg told me this, but she was quoting a New York Times story that she read. And she said, when you're with your kids, ev- either give them all of your attention or none at all. And I really like that because it's kind of like when you're doing your, th- your own thing, you're cleaning up, like your kids have to know that this is like your time to be you know, do do your responsibilities. And they need to learn how to play by themselves as well. But when you're there with them to just be fully present, and it's something that I'm still trying to learn. Um, and it's hard.
1: I really like that. Um, I, I like that a lot. I'm trying, I try to do more of that, like closing my office door. And I'm actually building a shed office um, out in my yard so that I can really separate myself and then feel more excited about being Present with my family when I come in the house from the shed office and really yeah. try to have a separation. And it's, but it's so hard. I mean, you were working at Life Hacker pre COVID. I think that got so much harder for everyone. When we were all in lockdown, I know that I personally just felt like I was failing at everything and just giving like not even half ass, like a quarter ass to everything, maybe yeah. to some things. If I was lucky, they were getting a quarter ass effort because, we, you know, I, I felt pulled in so many directions and work and kids and the house was a, a disaster and I wasn't walking my dogs. And I mean, I know a lot of this was having my second baby three weeks before lockdown, but it it has been, I feel like I've been kind of recovering from that overwhelm and not giving my full self to anything, um, since the beginning of lockdown. And I think that's been a real challenge, but I love that philosophy. Like I'm going to go to, I'm going to go work because work is important to me and I am important to my work and I'm going to go do that. And you're going to do something else or be with someone else. And then when I come home, I, I mean, I know I need to be better about, you know, putting down my phone when I, that's, and it's a bad habit I have to break, but thinking along those lines, like either give them all of your attention or none. I think that is, that's a good way for me to maybe try and break my phone habit a little bit too. Thinking like, this is my time with my kids. I have another, I have the other 20 hours a day to be on my phone if I want.
0: I think it's really true. Like when your kids are asking for your attention, um, if you're able to give Give them, you know, fifteen minutes of your undivided attention. Really, that's all they need. And then once you slip away, they're good. Like they're good for the next forty minutes. Like um, fill that cup. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But if you give them fifteen minutes of, you know, half-ass attention, it's not. It's not going to fill them in that same way, and they'll continue to need you, like cling to you when you can't be fully present with them. Definitely. I'm
1: still working on it. but I think it's a, it's an ongoing battle, a lifelong challenge. So that makes me think about this expectation to play with your kids. And Maybe. I am 39. So I'm an, a geriatric millennial. Oh, I am um, too. Oh, my parents didn't play with me. I'm sure that my parents' parents didn't play with them. Like my mom... And dad were born into the, you know, like children should be seen and not heard generation, which yes. is, you know, I feel like these parenting styles have gotten less harsh over the years. But I feel like, especially for millennial moms, there is a pretty intense expectation to play with your kids. And I am not very into that imaginative play. I'm much better at the baby phase and mm-hmm. like the the make-believe, like my son likes to take a dinosaur bath. And luckily my husband can like go play dinosaurs in the bath, whatever that means. Like my my brain just like doesn't play dinosaurs. Um, I'll build Legos, but I, I do much better like interacting with a baby. And right. I'm lucky that my husband and I kind of balance each other out in this. But there is this very intense expectation for parents of our generation to play with our kids. Like where did it come from?
0: The first thing that comes to mind is social media and seeing like these magical photos of families together, or children having these spectacular birthday parties where everything is perfectly curated. I think that definitely, whether we want to admit it or not, um, is part of it, right? Um, Pinterest bombing
1: and Instagram.
0: Pinterest bombing, yes, exactly, and I feel like it's gotten better over the years like there are a whole lot more like let's just get real moms uh who are also sharing their stories and like showing what their house really looks like and showing what their worlds really look like at the moment um but yeah i think during the the pinterest age that was that was a big source of um shame for 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 moms and for parents who could not live up to those expectations. Which when
1: in reality, though, I... some of those kids were probably kind of miserable, just like being mm-hmm. models and, and like you have to sit in your, don't spill anything on your beige romper while you're playing with these wooden blocks, but don't actually <laughs> play with them because I have them perfectly styled.
0: So it makes me think of this story that I wrote while I was at Lifehacker, and it is titled Put Your Needs before your kids wants. And it started because I I spotted this conversation happening on Reddit where a dad was saying that he um he has given everything to his kids. He doesn't spend his weekends the way he wants to. He's constantly toting them to birthday parties and their events. He had to move to the suburbs because he heard that that was better for his children. Um, And in the end, he just felt like his life wasn't his own. And if he were to take it all back, he would much rather be the uncle, like the fun uncle, than be this father. And it was just this really I mean, it's really raw, honest post from a dad. And, you know, there were all sorts of comments. And one comment that really stuck with me um, was that we have forgotten the order of priorities. Um, They gave a, a simple ranking of priorities that it seems we have stopped following. And it is this number one, Kids' needs number two, parents' needs number three, parents' wants, and number four, kids' wants. Mm. Right, interesting. And over the years, we have put our kids' wants often before our own wants and even before our own needs.
1: Yes, I mean, when you think about need, like just needing like time alone, it like, time like alone. just even time to, uh, take a shower, which should, should not be a luxury, but is sometimes, especially from others. Um, yeah, that's, I hadn't really, I'd never thought of it like that, ranked like that, but that's
0: exactly
1: kind yeah, of depressing and eye opening and perhaps inspiring all at the same time.
0: Right. And then, I mean, if, yeah, like you're saying, you're thinking ba- back to your own childhood, um, Me too. Like when I think back to my own childhood, I just remember uh, having my parents take me to their ballroom dance classes and I would sit in the corner with my little like Polly Pocket while they would do the things that they enjoy doing. And I mean, in a way that inspired me to think like, oh, as a grown up, you get to do what, like, do the things you love to do. And it gave me this. Idea of being an adult that was a positive thing. Whereas um, my daughter, I feel like, I don't know if she thinks being a grown up is all that great because it's a lot of like us driving them around, us like, oh, like figuring out their extracurriculars. It's still a lot of scheduling.
1: Well, especially now these COVID era kids are going to be like, God, parenting's a drag. Why would I ever right. do that?
0: <laughs> right. Uh, no, yes. I think that's really
1: important to see your parents doing my parents I didn't necessarily see them having fun or like pursuing their interests necessarily but um I I think it's important for my kids to see me working and enjoying my work and and doing things that I love and um but also like prioritizing sometimes I need to prioritize doing the dishes and then sometimes the dishes can wait and I need to be with my kid but I like yeah. this idea of of this ranking system and remembering parents. So you said parents, obviously parents wants come before kids wants. Um, And obviously parents needs come before kids wants. But I think sometimes also parents needs have to come before kids needs kind of the whole put your oxygen mask on first kind of situation, even though we're probably never flying again. Um, (laughs) 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 Like if my, if I can't be, if I am in a really horrible place mentally, I'm I'm not going to be a great parent. I might yeah. not, even, I'm not. I'm going to be a bad parent, and that's. And I kind of had to let myself accept that in COVID. Like, I'm going to let my kid watch three hours of TV so that I can just like take a deep breath and have a cup of coffee and shower and like yeah. pick some things up off the floor so I'm not stressed out and angry. And I think some of obviously like the kids' basic needs: food, clothing, shelter, love. But beyond that, I think. Yeah, we, um, yeah, Pinterest took it away from us. We're going to, we're taking it back. Right, (laughs)
0: right. Yeah, even with newborns, when I heard the advice that if they won't stop crying and you as a parent can't take it anymore, then it's okay to leave them in their crib where they're safe and walk away and, yeah, yeah eat an ice cream. I don't know. Like just do the thing, whatever you need to do. To... I remember
1: reading that and I was like, I can do that. Right. What? <laughs> I, and luckily with my, my second, there wasn't much of that. And my husband's always home so I could hand him off. But I know with my first, I had postpartum anxiety undiagnosed and I didn't feel like I could ever let him mm-hmm. cry for a second or set him down or not be around him. And it, it, you know, it snowballed into more anxiety mm-hmm. and, um, as I wrote in the Life Hacker piece for you, like logging every little poop and pee and sleep and wake, it was, it was, it was a bit much. And I was able to relax right. a bit with my second. Okay, so this ranking system is in an article that you wrote. Yeah. And it's still a life hacker. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes and mm-hmm. a mother mother podcast as well. Because I think that is something we could all um it's, it's something we should all remember. It should be burned into our brains. And don't let Pinterest or Instagram ruin it for us. Or COVID. Don't let COVID ruin it for us. So when you're not writing about parenting, what do you like to write about?
0: I'm currently a senior editor at Medium, and I am the editor, editor-in-chief editor of Forge, which is Medium's uh, publication focused on personal development. And personal development, I mean, is a difficult topic during the pandemic and even currently because it's like what I mean are we really trying to like crush it right now like I don't think we I don't think that needs to be the bar so I mean it's just been a, a long and difficult exploration into just what it means to be a whole person um when on one hand we still have like the hustle culture telling us to get back to where we were pre pandemic. And on the other hand, we just have to see what we've seen and like during these, you know, 18 or more months, um, that we've seen, like, you know, maybe I don't need to be at that same, you know, level of productivity that was at before, um, I love remote work. I love being with my family. I love having these boundaries. Um, Yeah. People just having really interesting revelations about their lives and what they want for it going forward.
1: Yeah. And personal development really can be letting go of expectations that you have for yourself or that you feel like the world has for you. Right. Which I think is really important. Again, part of kind of goes back to that ranking system, but just like letting go of thinking you have to be a certain way as a mom or your house. I know for me, it's really hard to, to let my house be messy, but like I, at some point I had to just like let go of the fact like I'm, my house is never going to be clean with everyone home all the time. It's just not like I had a hard time keeping it clean before and now it's just not going to happen. And just letting go of these little everyday expectations. And I I think for me, letting go of some of those would be considered personal development for someone like me who worried about that a lot. I, you know, my house was yeah. featured on apartment therapy in 2018 yes. and I, at, at some point so I became that. kind of obsessed with the way my house looked and it appeared to be. And uh-huh. I just, I, I think it's a, yes, my house is messier, which some people might think oh, that's kind of shitty, but it letting go of those expectations to just stay on top of those things and try to be, you know, I'm not great asleep, but like getting a little more sleep or spending more time Uh, with my husband or working on my marriage. And um, I do think COVID is kind of like a like a reset button for everybody. And I I will be interested to see how we all eventually, hopefully soon, come out of this as professionals and parents and people. Um, So we will link to Forge on Medium. Um, It's a vertical on Medium. But what's the URL for people who just want to type it in right now?
0: Forge.medium.com.
1: So other than Forge, where can people find you on the internet?
0: Yeah, I am on Instagram mostly. Uh, I'm at WooPix. W-O-O-P-I-C-S. And I'm also uh, at Michelle Wu on Twitter
1: and at Michelle Wu on Facebook. Okay, and everybody go buy Michelle's book out today called Horizontal Parenting, How to Entertain Your Kid While Lying Down. Uh, you can find it in the show notes and at the shop link at mothermotherpodcast.com. Michelle, thank you so much. It's been so fun to talk to you and reconnect after the uh, the the butt trumpet article many moons ago.
0: Uh, yes. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you. It was great. Mother, mother, can you hear me? Sure, I'm so
1: Okay. Michelle's book really is Brilliant Friends. Buy it for yourself or for a friend who has young kids. It's really a great baby shower book. Uh, you can find a link to buy it in the show notes, and there's a shop link at mothermotherpodcast.com, as well as a new link that says Guests Books, and that is an option to buy guests books from independent bookstores. And when you use my links, whether you use the Amazon links or the bookshop links, you're supporting the show, which right now is just an act of love that's actually costing me money. And if you really want to support the show, please, please, please tell your mom friends about it, either on social media or in real life or both. And please also rate and review Mother Mother. The more people that listen, the more time I can spend creating great episodes for you. If you're on Facebook, join us in the Mother Mother Podcast group, which you can find at facebook.com slash groups slash Mother Mother Podcast, and find Mother Mother anytime online at mothermotherpodcast.com, where you can leave me a voicemail right there on the website when you click on the little red microphone icon in the bottom right corner. Just be very clear in your voicemail if you don't want me to play it on the air. Thank you so much for listening to Mother Mother. I'll be back every Tuesday with a new mom friend and a new topic. Our theme song Mother Mother by Tracy Bonham is performed by the amazing Jocelyn McKenzie with Harry Bowles. Bye.
0: Mother, mother, can you hear me? Sure, I'm so